ignite your passion for God and for His work. Listen to Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo, the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Oyibi Cathedral. He comes your way on this podcast with the creative force of God's Word. Bishop Ogo also pastors the Flaming Fire Service, a vibrant youth service with energetic young people who are ablaze for the Lord. He is also the evangelist of the Greater Love Gospel Crusade, a unique outreach program that ministers the soul-saving love of Jesus Christ to a hurting world through music, dance, and the life-giving Word of God. Now, listen to Bishop Edwin Ogo. testimony time oh I didn't hear your shout I said it is testimony time tonight we are back in church and tonight our testimony is coming from our brother Peter Herman Asante from the Zoe 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 hub the crimson general of the Zoe hub put your hands together for Peter our God is great how many of, how many of you know that our God is great How many of you know that our God has still been working despite the pandemic season? We had a God that was alive and moving. And that God that was moving then is going to move in our midst tonight. If you believe it, can I get a loud amen? Amen. So, the thing with our brother Peter is that his testimony had to do with healing. He had pain in both of his feet. For five months, he said. Five months. Five months. started from January. January. Yes, please. So what couldn't you do? So you wouldn't see any effect on my two feet. Mm. Like, I'm not well. But severe pains were going through my under feet that I couldn't even walk. You couldn't walk? Yes. It started, Could you jump? Now, now I can jump. But then, you couldn't jump. I couldn't, yes. So what happened? So before my wedding, I realized that the, uh, this pain started. Wait, wait, wait. If you are not married here tonight, receive it too in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I didn't take it too, too serious. Later, I realized it was becoming too serious. Mm. So I went through the wedding. And after, still, the pain were still there. I couldn't, like, not to move like I used to. So what happened? How come the pain is gone? So after the wedding, I think after three months, the left one became okay. Mm-hmm. But for the right one, so severe that even after work i have to lie down just i have to remain at one place i can't do anything so i have taken it like it's part of my my pain that i have to bear until a month ago when bishop called for the 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 communion uh uh, hcm service how many of you remember that communion service only a month ago yes please so even before the hcm service i hadn't arranged my mind to receive my healing then whatever is causing your mind to go wrong receive a rearrangement tonight in the name of jesus amen so before the service bishop the holy spirit led bishop to share lpms testimony Mm. then it occurred to me that ah, i can receive my healing here so quickly i rearranged my mind Mm. and tuned myself into the service so as the first uh, the service was going on I was fully into it, following exactly what Bishop was saying we should do. Mm. As we were taking the communion, he directed that we should dip our hands into the tip of the cup, My God. The, the glass, and rub it on top of our door. So I took it to be.
be my foot. Jesus. So after rubbing on top of my door, by faith, God is going to do amazing things for you too. I see you receiving a stream of faith coming your way in the name of Jesus. Amen. So right after rubbing my, my this is the, the, the communion on top of my door, I you rubbed, rubbed my foot at work with the mind that I'm receiving my healing. Jesus. Pastor Jerry, the, I can't lie. I can't lie. What I'm saying, it's like a, a movie. So right after rubbing the communion on top of my foot, I felt a burning sensation like something is moving from my You are going to feel the power of God. That same power that was not confined to a space that was able to move and cross borders and cross areas, cross boundaries is going to come your way tonight. No matter your situation, I see the power of God locating you tonight. If you believe it, shout amen. Amen. So you are standing here tonight. So as I stand here, the pain is gone. The pain is gone. You can jump. You can run. Josh, run, 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 run. Go this way. Now come back, come back, come back. Can you celebrate God with me tonight? What a fantastic testimony. I see you also doing what you couldn't do. Whatever was impossible for you is becoming possible tonight. Can I get believers to shout an amen today? Amen. Celebrate our God for such a powerful testimony. So what do you have to tell us tonight? So I want to tell all of us that what is happening here is very real. Mm. All we have to do is to arrange our mind to receive. Mm. If you sit down casually, it will pass over you. But when you arrange your mind, like the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 10, there's a power over there for you. All you have to do is to arrange your mind. You receive whatever you come expecting to receive from Bishop. God bless you, Can you celebrate God God tonight? Can you celebrate God tonight? I'm surprised that some of you are still sitting down there. We are back in church and you are hearing such an amazing testimony. Why would you celebrate the Lord? Give the Lord a show. Thank you very much, Peter. Lord, 
How many of you realize that you've missed this building? And how many of you discovered in the five months that this place meant far more to you than you thought? I also discovered it. It was almost, not that I was almost, it, something was missing. Yes. 
on Sunday morning you feel sick, you watch the online, but it's not, it's not really it. It's not really it. Why don't you put your hands together one more time? We thank God for the blessing of still being alive. You may not realize it, but the fact that you're sitting here means that you have a certain level of health. And we bless God for it. Hallelujah. How many of you are thankful to God for 2020 and what God is taking us through? Well, tonight it's time to hear the word. It's time to hear the word. And, you know, I'll introduce the man of God in a second. But one day I had the privilege of going to watch a soccer match in the stadium. We're playing Nations Cup, Egypt and Cameroon. And as I sat there, I realized that when you're watching on TV, it's a waste of time. Oh, the feeling in the stadium even the players I've been seeing, I realized that they were bigger, their legs were thicker. Oh, what? It was not the same. And tonight, the feeling is not the same. You can watch online on a 60-inch screen. It's not the same. I mean, when you can't come to church, online will do. But when you can come to church, online just will not do. So ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure and my honor tonight, my privilege to introduce to you your pastor, your shepherd, a seasoned man of God, your prophet. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. You can make some noise. you add a shout to your hand clap because as Bishop Kobe said it's not the same God has made a way for you to be in church you didn't die you are not in a hospital God has watched over you you are in church five months hundreds of thousands have perished but you are alive let your hand clap be louder and let's go come on Clap your hands and give the Lord a final shout again. Hallelujah. Lift your hands wherever you are. Wherever you are, just lift up your two hands and just thank God for the privilege of being in His house to hear His word. Learn not to take things for granted. Just bless his name and thank him that you are about to hear his word you are about to hear his word you are about to receive his word and it's a special privilege it's a blessing and your life changes your life is never the same because God is doing new things and God is doing great things Father we thank you Father we are grateful to you and we say that we see the things you do that you brought us back to church and taken us through many situations mm. 
many different seasons and many different times you've kept us we say thank you let your word enter our hearts let it take us further on our journey with you and let it come to us as a great foundation for our lives in Jesus name we pray and all the saints will say amen Amen. Clap your hands and you may please be seated. What a joy to see all of you in church today. Wow. Clap your hands once again. But in a certain sense, it feels like yesterday. Yeah, it feels like yesterday. But it's been five months. Can you clap your hands again for the Lord? And appreciate him. Thank him. And we also at this time want to thank a very important person who I believe is worthy of great appreciation. Because in the five months we were at home, not coming to church, not knowing what to do, unsure of our lives and our health, there was a pastor and a father who prayed with us for hours on end, preached to us, had meetings to guide us, even advised us medically, the medicines to take. He gave us great, great counsels, pieces of advice, He preached to us. We had church services and we were never lacking in anything spiritual. Ladies and gentlemen, help me to appreciate my pastor, your pastor, our prophet, our shepherd, Bishop Dagwood Mills. Clap your hands. Yes. What a father. He kept us. He kept us by the grace of God. Preaching to us all the time. Even, even helping us to take offerings for our church, for our churches. Yes. Offerings which were not going to the first love church. But were coming here for us to use. Is it possible to clap your hands again? Bishop, we thank you. We are very, very grateful to God for your life. We don't take it kindly and lightly, I should say, that you have been a major tower and a major pillar in this difficult time. Thanks for your prayers for us. Thanks for the encouragement. Thanks for strengthening us. Thanks for speaking to us positively and helping us to know that we will make it. Clap your hands for Jesus and let's appreciate our pastor because it is very important. I believe that you will live and live and live and live till many and multitudes are blessed through your life. Hallelujah. You will serve God. You will love him. You will be a better Christian. You will be a more solid believer. Whatever Satan planned for your life failed before it began. So whatever you are experiencing is a failed attempt. We know the end. The end is that you are the one triumphing. 
I said, what you are feeling is not real. I said, what you are feeling is not real. Because we know the end. And I'm saying that this one is not real. Only the plan of God is real. Only the will of God for your life is real. It's what God has said in his word that is real. Can I hear a loud hand clap today? You may please be seated. I believe that spiritually we are starting a new life. I believe that spiritually in the spirit a new season has begun. Yes. You can tell the church service we are having that it is not as it was before the pandemic. You can tell from the singers who came to sing that this is not the church we know. You can tell that you are sitting in church on a Saturday evening and this is your Sunday service. I hope you are aware of that. Yes, I'm not seeing you here tomorrow. Be at home at 12 o'clock. We are joining our pastor and our father for a beautiful unity service. That's your Sunday service. But this is your Sunday service here. Would you have ever thought that we will have a Saturday evening service as our Sunday service? But things have changed. And I'm happy that you made it on the first Sunday. I said the first Sunday you made it. Turn to your neighbor and say, we made it by the grace of God. So, so, so I, I, I believe that this service is part of a new foundation we are laying all over again. We are going to start all over again to build the church all over again. How many of you are ready to join us to build the church all over again? Yes, because very little of what we knew before is prevailing now. So I am ready to pastor a new church. I'm ready to build a brand new church. I have fresh energy and fresh zeal to lay a new foundation. Yes, I never believed that I'll have a church service on Saturday evening. So this is a new church we are having. And how excited am I to see all of you seated here on a Saturday evening. Clap your hands for a new thing God is doing. A new thing God is doing. A new thing. And, and, and if you walk with God, you should be ready for new things. Anybody walking with God who is not ready to see new things is not ready to walk with God. With God, there are new things. He said, behold, I do a new thing. So, in the spirit of this new thing we are doing, I also feel that if we can start a church again, if we can build a church again, then we can also build our Christian lives again. Yes. If a church that existed for years can go through an experience that will demand that we start church again, start building and organizing and structuring 
and strategizing again, then the individuals who make up the church can also do with a makeover, a new beginning in their Christian experience. So ladies and gentlemen, today I want to start to lay a new foundation to talk to you as if this is your first time, your first Sunday ever as a believer. Yeah. So for the next few Sundays or Saturdays, Sundays, Saturdays, I'm going to go into foundation laying. In any case, in any case, many of you have got either a poor foundation or no foundation. In any case, Luke 6.49, many of you have got either no foundation or a poor foundation. Because you can be here as a believer without a foundation. The fact that you've been in church for X number of years, two years, five years, one year, six months, does not mean that you have a foundation. Jesus talked about a man who was able to build without a foundation. So it's possible for you to be a member of this church without a foundation. It's possible to have been in this church for five years, past two years, past one year, masquerading as a Christian without a foundation. But he that heareth and doeth not. It's like a man that without a foundation builds a house upon the earth. Note it very carefully. So when you see a building, you shouldn't be too impressed. There can be a building with a shoddy foundation. There can be a building with no foundation. Is that in English? What is it? A man that without. It's not everything that is standing that has a foundation. It's not every marriage that is standing that has a foundation. It's not every business that is standing that has a foundation. We learned a few months ago that it's not every bank that is standing that has a foundation. You can see something standing, but there's nothing on that. So many of you, or all of you, I see you standing as believers. You are a Christian. You are in the church. What else should I see? That you should wear a tie with a cross on it. Or you should wear a t-shirt with a, with a picture of Jesus. You are standing as a believer. But some of you have zero foundation. No foundation. You've boarded buses Sunday after Sunday. You are in the church. You are in the choir. You are in the dancing stars. You are an usher. You are even a shepherd. But you have no foundation. See, in the church, a lot of things are like apprenticeship. You just look and watch and do. Even tongues. I can watch you pray in tongues. Who cannot say <laughs> So you can even pray in tongues, but there's no Holy Spirit under the tongues as a foundation. He's like a man. That without a foundation. I will advise you 
as a pastor who loves you to assume that you don't have a foundation. Even though you are called lady pastor. Assume that you don't have a foundation. Even though you are called reverend. It will, it will, it will help you. He is like a man that without a foundation built a house. So, I want you to clap your hands unto the Lord for a new foundation laying exercise campaign we are about to embark on. Clap your hands for Jesus. New foundations. And ladies and gentlemen, I search and search and couldn't find no other. But a book titled Seven Great Principles by our pastor and our prophet, Bishop Dagwood Mills. Seven Great Principles. This is one of the most exciting books I have read that lays a foundation for your Christian life. A few, some months ago, a couple of months ago, I read it and I was amazed. This, this is one of the few books which have come out in recent times. I mean, the latest books. And I was amazed that there is finally a book that a Christian can read as a foundation laying tool for his spiritual life. From this series I'm going to preach, you will build a hundred story building. I said from this series I'm about to preach, you are going to build a five, five, five story building from a hut you used to live in. Anything you want to build, you will build it. You can build the life of an evangelist. You can build yourself as a pastor. You can build a church. You can build a marriage. You can build any, any destiny you believe God has for you on the foundation that I'm about to lay. I want you to turn your Bibles now and let's read Proverbs chapter 4. Beautiful time. I miss church. I'm glad to be back. Proverbs, glory to God. Proverbs chapter number 4, verse number 7. Yes. Some of you, you have even come to church. You don't even have a Bible in your hand. You don't even have a Bible in your hand. You are just looking at me like, like something I don't want to say. <laughs> but you are changing. Yeah. By the time this series is over, you will be a brand new Christian. Proverbs 4, verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Get wisdom. I'm about to give you wisdom keys. With all thy getting, get understanding. This word is a very important word in what we are about to experience. The word understanding. Understanding. My God, I feel something beautiful in me. Verse number 8. Verse number 8. Next verse. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. Verse 9. She shall give 
to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Ladies and gentlemen, you see, if you are a believer, <laughs> you need to understand that the life, the Christian life you are about to live is a life that must be lived with principles. Very, very important. If something requires principles to be executed, you must not just get up and do it. Christianity it's not just a life you just start living. It's like you, you, you went somewhere, like in, 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 in Pentecost, you say, I raised my hand and came to receive Jesus. You went for a crusade and you raised your hand. Or you came to a church service and you raised your hand. You came to receive Jesus. Then when you finish, they said you must go to some first-timers lounge. And then somebody spoke to you. When you finished, then you began to live your Christian life. No, 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 no. You will not be a proper Christian. There are principles. That's what the Bible says in verse 7. Watch it carefully. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. You see, a principle, when we say a principle, like a lot of things are, have been built on principles, like a bicycle. When you see someone riding a bicycle, and in the night, the person is riding a bicycle, and there's a light, a headlight that is shining. And there's no battery on the bicycle. But there's a light bulb on. You are looking at principles. Now, the principles that were used to make the bicycle are the same principles that were used to make a car. Yes. How many of you, when you were a child, used to fly a kite? I don't see that these days. These days we are into it. PlayStation and Nintendo and so on. But when we were children, we, we, we were the proper children, not you people. Yes, <laughs> not you people. We used to fly kites. You know, you make the kite with broomsticks and some uh, polythene bag and so on. <laughs> oh, Lord. Father, we thank you for a good life we have lived. And then we'll, we'll find a, a very long stretch and we will run. You run. This is your kite is up. I miss it. I think I must, I must make a kite one of these days. <laughs> it was beautiful. That kite we flew, the principle that was used to fly the kite is the same principle that was, that was used to make an aeroplane. Yes. Because once you get the principle right at the beginning... Once you understand that just making the kite doesn't mean the kite will fly. But you must run very fast on the runway. 
for the kite to take off. So when you are at the airport and you see a plane also shooting very fast on a runway, you remember that what you were doing as a child with a kite is what an engineer has also done with an aeroplane. Ladies and gentlemen, if you get it right at the first stage, you will get it right at the seventh stage. Receive understanding for your Christian life. Receive it. What is a principle? A principle is a deep understanding of how something works. Deep understanding. And you go far depending on the level of understanding you have. So you see, we were children. I mean, think of it. A little boy. What does he have? You can only find broomsticks. We can only go to the rubbish dump or uh, 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 take our mother's polythene bag and just join some things. So we did that. We flew it without understanding the, 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 the dynamics, the aerodynamics. Even why the kite is a kite shape. <laughs> Why? Why does it have that shape? But, 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 but somebody with a deeper understanding of that same thing was able to make an aeroplane from what you were doing. You see, you under, say understanding. Understanding. Today, today, there are believers who don't have a deep understanding. They don't understand Many things. Many of you are in church today because somebody used his understanding of serving God. His understanding of being thankful to God with his life or her life by by, by serving God. Somebody used her understanding to carry you onto a bus to bring you to church. But you yourself don't have any understanding. So if the person decides to leave you, if the person decides never to call you, you have no Christian life because you don't have understanding. But ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says, get understanding. It means that you may not have it, but you can get it. Today, God is going to help you to Get some understanding. Yes. When you don't have understanding, you don't even prosper in what you are doing. You see, I'm a medical doctor. I was trained in Kolebu. We did many subjects. Because of time, I, I will not list all the subjects we did to become doctors. But... It's very important for me to tell you that almost right now, as I stand here, I can't even think of the exception. Everything we studied to become doctors, nurses also studied them. I, I, I can't think of something we studied that nurses were not studied. In fact, the lecturers who taught us were the same lecturers who taught the nurses. 
But when you look at our payroll, the doctor is earning 3,500 and the nurse is earning 1,800. The same knowledge. If I studied pharmacology, the nurse studied pharmacology. Even herbalists also study pharmacology. I hear there's a school for herbalists in the university now. We are watching what is going to happen. If I studied anatomy, and any nurse here, there, there's not, not much time, but any nurse here, if you are a nurse and, and, and you didn't study anatomy, then you are a witch doctor. Whatever I studied, on the same word, anything, community health, what is it? Mention them. Chemical pathology, surgery, all. But, but the difference between a doctor and a nurse is the depth. The depth. The, the, the subject that a nurse will use a little pamphlet to study and pass. A doctor has to use a book like this. It's like, it's like Encyclopedia Americana or Britannica. You, you, plenty books. The difference is not the subject, but it is the depth. So when you go to the world, there are many places where nurses take care of patients. But there are certain cases the nurse will step back. Please go to this. Go and see the doctor. When you go to the world, you see the cases lined up. This world has these patients, heart patients, and, and every nurse has an idea. Has an idea. Has an idea. But to, to, to take on that patient who has multiple sclerosis or a diabetic neuropathy, a nurse will say, Charlie, I can't go any further. But the doctor will come and take a history, examine. Because as he's standing there with a white shirt and white coat, it's not the hair or the bones. It's the inside. What is inside of him is, I mean, he has, he has filled himself with knowledge. I, I, I want to tell you today, as a believer, that you must not be somebody whose understanding is superficial. You must be deep. You must fight to understand so, so when you are paying tithes, it's not because someone told you to pay tithes, but you yourself understand why you must pay tithes. Why? Why are you in church this evening? Why? I can go around if I had three hours to preach, like I used to have some time ago. <laughs> How I miss those days. Yeah. I would go around and ask, uh, uh, Madam, why are you here? Can you stop and give me one verse? Just one verse to explain why you are in church. Why are you here? We just gave offerings. And many of you came to give offerings. Why did you give an offering? One day, a patient went to the hospital, Kolebu. He was new. I don't know how he got the folder. I, I can't get the story well. But eventually, he met one of the cleaners. 
of the world, G E on the, on the cleaner, who had worked in the hospital for about 22 years. Yeah. So as he's been cleaning, he, he's been hearing things, doctors discussing patients. He's been seeing, he's got some terms, baby. Some of you, you have just been in the church, you have just learned terms. Hosanna, praise the Lord, hallelujah, Father, we bless you, shabalabalaba. I'm going to church, makane church. And because you are just a cleaner around, and you, by being around, you've just heard some jargons. So one woman who was coming for review, she had had surgery, <laughs> was coming for review. And, and he met this guy. And the guy was hungry. He asked the woman, what, what? Oh, she's looking for Dr. This. And they said, what is the problem? Oh, she's, going, she's coming for review. And so on. Say, what ex, what you, did you do? Oh, they, they, they removed my womb. And uh, I, I, I've been around for some uh, stitches to be removed and so on. And I've been asked to come at this time for them to inspect it and see what is happening. And also, be, is, is, is that all? Say yes. Say come to this room. <laughs> True story. Come to this room. Yes. Re- remove. Because some of them have, 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 have been in the hospital for so long that they even wear the doctor's coat to, 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 to clean. <laughs> I'm preaching. So you can be around as a janitor just hearing terms just reading verses just singing songs but there is nothing under you, are, you don't have understanding you don't have understanding that's why I said that being around I can see you I've, I've known you for three years I've known you for two years but it doesn't mean you are a Christian because Jesus said a man can build without a foundation there's nothing under. You, you just play church. You just sit on a bus. Some of you attending church is a means of relieving yourself of stress. Because where you are, no car even comes there. And a Christian who understands his Christian life and is serving God has come to that village to do preaching. To do preaching. So you just are around. I said, some of you being in church today is a product of somebody's deep Christian life. It is his depth of spirituality that he has used to organize you. The guy took care of the woman. Can you believe it? He wrote a prescription. That is how the, the, the issue came. Because when the woman took the prescription to the pharmacy, they said, no, who wrote this? Because he has, he has, he has learned. 2BD, 3BD, tap, para, tap, diclo, this, uh, uh, nocte. He has here 22 years. Because sometimes they are the ones who are sent to buy the medicine from the pharmacy. Doctor, am I, am I lying? Yes, there's a doctor here. He knows it. It was at the pharmacy. That's how I got to know the story. I was a resident. He wrote a prescription. But you see, you can, you can mimic something for, 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 for a limited length of time. There will always be a time that your real you will show. 
You can mimic how to clean a wound. You can mimic how to inspect a wound. You can mimic how to ask a patient to turn. You can mimic some jargons. But there will always be a time you will know that you are not a believer. That's why today I'm starting. Listen very carefully. Principles are what make airplanes fly. The principle that makes a salon car is a principle that is used to make a four-wheel drive and a track. Principles. I had no plans of being a pastor. I was just a Christian going to church every Sunday. But my principles were right. So because my principles were right, I was able to make it as an ordinary Christian and then also rise to be a pastor because the principle, oh, I'm preaching already. The principles you use to live your Christian life is a principle you use to be a pastor. It's the same principle. Same, but higher. But, 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 the, but the core is the same. That's why today we have marriage counseling. Why? Why do we have marriage counseling? Because you must counsel unbelievers. It's unbelievers who need marriage counseling. Unbelievers. Which most of us are anyway. I may even be one of them. I said, tonight, eh, just accept it and risk and dare to believe that you are not a correct Christian. I mean you. Think of him or don't think of her. Think of yourself that you may not be a correct Christian. Don't, don't be here and be transmitting the, the message that. Are, are you listening? Listen to that point. It's yours. If only, if only this brother was here, he would have been blessed. I'm preaching to you yourself. You, you, you. You can clap your hands if you feel like clapping. My time is even up already, but you are having two hours share service. You are closing. Why do we have marriage counseling? To teach a woman how to marry. How to be with a man. To teach a man how to be with a woman. How to relate to the woman's mother. How to relate to the woman's father. How to relate to the man's father. Since when? You must counsel because you are dealing with unbelievers. Because anybody who knows the word of God doesn't need marriage counseling. There is no foundation in the... Look, if I close my eyes and I go around to touch somebody, the next person I will touch is likely not to be a correct Christian. Look, most of the things that are taught at marriage counseling school are things in the Bible. In fact, if you look at marriage counseling, modern marriage, it's just full of verses. Which if you were a proper Christian... You should have known. You should have known. It's not marriage school. We learn to forgive. We learn to forgive as Christians. It's not marriage school. We learn to love. We learn to we learn acceptance. If you are living your life as a Christian, you will need acceptance. I'm preaching, baby. But because we don't see when a car is moving 
and the, the tires are not correct, you have to put the car on it on a on a on a on a what uh, um, tow truck because the car with four tires is moving. The car with two tires, but it's on a tow truck, is also moving. Oh, he has support. Some of you, the three years you have been in church, the two years you have been in church, you have merely been on a tow truck. You are here to take your first personal movement. You are here to make your own movement. Boshako Taba. I said you are, you are merely sitting on a tow truck. So you are in the church. You are around. You sing. But you are not correct. Just as I go to the motorway, you see them. The cars are moving. Cars on tow trucks are also moving. But one is not correct. The fact that we are both moving doesn't mean you and I are the same. When I got born again, I was taught well. The pastor into whose hands I fell taught me. I, I, I fell into the hands of follow-up people. Follow-up Christian. Bishop Ishmael Sam Tema was the one who, who was the head of the follow-up in that church. He taught me in that church. I, I have not even yet moved into Lighthouse. I'm talking about close to 40 years ago. I read my Bible every day because I was a Christian. When was the last time you read your Bible? You, with your hairstyle like corned beef. When was the last time? I'm asking you a question in English. Next week you may choose not to come. When was the last time you read your Bible? You are on a tow truck. So, because we are not proper Christians, we are fake drugs, fake Christians, there must be, there must be interventions, like basin, yeah, crutches, basin, marriage counseling, leading you to pray. Who led me to pray? I can take you to my father's house and show you the terrazzo floor where I lay with my Bible. I bought my Bible. Have you bought your own Bible? It grieves me, you know, that I can't find that Bible. By the grace of God, my wife and I, we didn't receive any counseling. We didn't receive any counseling. I remember there was one night after church that a pastor was passing through uh, London. He was from Ghana going to Holland or Switzerland. And he passed through London. We were in London then. And he, because I was a student. But I was burning. So once again, my understanding <laughs> demanded emergency marriage. Yeah, some of you, you, you should be married, you know, but you won't marry. You are, you are just around spraying your spams. I shouldn't preach because you are in the church. You came to a wrong church. Next week, don't come here. You should be married by now. 
by this time. And not just married, but you should be married to a proper Christian. Not the witch you are attracted to. The girl you are chasing eh, is, is also an indication that you, are, you don't have understanding. Can I end here? No. Should I continue to preach? Today, I'm just starting. There are different principles. Can you clap your hands for Bishop Dagwood Mills? Clap your hands. Keep clapping. Keep clapping. Keep clapping. Beautiful. How are you doing? Great. Wow. Are you twins? Are you twins? Okay. Keep clapping. I don't say you should stop there. Okay. Let me, let me, let me titillate you a little with some of the seven great, there are different seven great principles. There is seven great principles of salvation, which I'm starting today. There are seven great principles for a great change. Some of you say, you have not changed. Changed at all. The rate at which you were having sex before you joined church. Now, you have added one more day because we do fasting in the church. So you, must, you must extend, you must do long hours to balance the fasting. Seven principles, I'm going to preach here. Saturday evening, ah, bah. <laughs> we, are, we are doing SDA. This is SDA. Seven great principles for a great change. Seven great principles of a peculiar life. You should be here to listen. Seven great principles of a supernatural life. Seven great principles of, a, of, of spiritual growth. Seven great principles of fruitfulness. Seven great principles of establishment. Coming soon to the Makane Cathedral near you. Today, I've got some few minutes. Um, today, we are doing seven great principles of salvation. Say salvation. salvation. By the way, ask whatever. Are you saved? Are you sa- oh, please be seated. Feel free to answer now. Enjoy the church. We bought, church. we bought the chairs, you know. We, we bought them with dollars. So sit down. Use, use the chairs. As something is doing your inside. Our ringside, you can't sit down if you have the ringside. Yes. I hope you people give bigger offerings. You can't be sitting here with five Ghana and two Ghana. Anybody who comes to drop two Ghana cities, you are sitting in front. Some, your, your fingers will do something. Fingers will do something. Or, or something will do your fingers. <laughs> Clap your hands for Jesus. Makanetes. If you are watching online, I want to welcome you to the, to the His Presence service at the Makane Church International. You are welcome. Join us every Saturday. There's action, 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 action! Seven great principles of salvation. Number one, the first principle says, Man is a spirit, has a soul. Turn off that Chinese phone. Man, uh, what was I saying before the Chinese phone ran? 
man, yes, principle number one. Man is a spirit, has a soul, and lives in a body. You see, this point, if you get it, you'll be deep in your understanding. When it comes to your salvation, there are seven big things you must know. Number one is that a man like me, a man like you, a man, whether you are a girl or a boy, you are a man. And some girls are actually men anyway. Yes. To be properly saved, you must understand that you are man is a spirit. Let me take my time. The first principle to help you understand your Christian life is that man, that is you, you are a spirit. You are not a body. You are a spirit. And you have a soul. And you live in a body. Big one. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray God your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless. Unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray God that your, your whole spirit and soul, any Christian who doesn't understand this, has lost the race, has lost the battle. Your own spirit, your whole spirit and soul. And body, you are actually a spirit, and you have a soul which is made up of your feelings. Yes, that's what we, we say. Oh, I have feelings, that's your soul. You are saying, I have a soul, I have an idea, it's all in your soul. Your thoughts, your emotions. But you are a spirit. And you have a soul. And you live in a body. The body you see, your real you, the real you. Say, what's your name? Stephen. Stephen, you are not this man, this handsome man with nice hair and the disco shirts. No. The real Stephen is inside. You are, you are living in this body. This body is a house. So a human being is not a piece of meat. This flesh is not you. 
So when all your attention is on your body, you are paying attention to something very, very far from you. If you turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 16, you will see a story in verse number 20. 20. Let's go to 19. There was a certain rich man. This is Jesus. He told the story. And he mentioned real names. So this is a real story. Which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously. Listen to me. I want you to repeat after me. Say, man is a spirit. Say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. Say principle number one. I am a spirit. I am not a body. Say I have been deceived. My my mind has deceived me. The world has deceived me. To let me focus on my body and my mind. The real me is a spirit. Say, I am a spirit. Look, it was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and he fed sumptuously every day. This is describing a man with a type of dressing, purple, which was a type of material, purple, and it's also a color. But it was also a type. There's a material. There was a lady called Lydia who dealt in purple. Just like, just like um, um, champagne. Champagne. It, it is a city. It is a flower. It's a drink. It's a color. It's a color. There's a color called champagne. And there's, a, there's also a, a place called champagne. There is, there is, there is also a drink. It's like Akoteshi, but it's not like that. I put put some color inside. (laughs) And there's non-alcoholic champagne. (laughs) So so, so this man, it's like there are some men. I know somebody, he only wears white. Since I have known him, he only wears white. I've never seen that man wearing blue. Always white. I know somebody who always wears linen, the material. It's not the crimpling you are wearing, or the polyester trousers. Look, (laughs) linen is, and there are different grades of linen. This man, the Bible is describing as a type of man with a type of dressing. That's a man. So when you see the man, you see that, let's say the man is called Mr. Osei. Oh, that is Mr. Osei. So Jesus told the story. And I'm ending with this. Verse 20. And there was also a beggar. The name of the beggar was Lazarus. He was laid at his gate full of sauce. Next verse. Desiring to be fed. Go on. Next verse. 
it came to pass. Now, now this is where the, sto- the, 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 the story lands well. The beggar who was begging for, for chicken bones and leftover food, he died. Who died? The beggar. What was his name? Lazarus. He died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Just like all of us one day will die and will be buried. So, let's concentrate on the rich man for now. Because the information on Lazarus, the beggar, is not very helpful to the point we are making now. But the, 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 the rich man helps us to make the point well. Because we read in English that he was buried. So, we... We don't read that the beggar was buried, but we know that the rich man who wore purple was buried. He was sent to a cemetery and his body was put in the coffin and was dropped. He was buried. Now, let the story continue. Verse 23. And in hell, remember he was living on earth. Suddenly, This man is in hell. And the Bible says, he lifts up, he lifted up his eyes in hell. But I thought we buried him. I thought his eyes were buried. Where did he get those eyes to see in hell? It means that what, and and this, this rich man is being described that he is now in hell. And he is seen with his eyes. So it means that the eyes we buried at Awudome were fake eyes. I said the eyes we buried at Osu Cemetery are not the real eyes. Watch out. Jesus is describing a man. Because a man is not the eyes you see. It's not the flesh you see. Watch it. He lifts up his eyes and being in torments. Torment means that his nerves were working. He could feel pain. Mm. That's a human being we are, de- we are describing. There's not some air. And see it like Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Mm. 24. And he cried, cried with what? His eyes or, or his, his hands. What, what do we use to cry out? Our mouth. It means that the mouth we buried in Osu is not the real mouth. The man as he was walking around had another mouth. As you sit here, I see your eyes, mommy. But you've got another pair of eyes. Yeah. There's a man in you. Yes, that's a man in you. Whether you are a boy or a girl, there's a being in you, which is the real you. Yeah. That man has eyes. It's in you. The day you die, that's why we see that Lazarus, the beggar, was carried. That is not the body. The one we carried was the real Lazarus. 
He cried with his mouth. That's a, don't, don't you mean that? This mouth. So, so those of you with rotten teeth and smelly mouth, don't worry. Your real mouth is inside. That's why every morning you must wake up with your spiritual toothbrush, which is the word of God, and brush your spiritual mouth. Have mercy on me. Send Lazarus. So, he noticed Lazarus. He knew his name. Which means that we are describing somebody whose mind, whose, in, whose intellect, whose memory was working. So, that thing we buried at Awudome is a fake one. He said, send Lazarus. That he may dip the tip of his finger. So, he is also describing a man... Because normally, beggars, are, they used to be buried at mile, mile, mile seven. I, I, I've seen one myself. We went to bury a church member uh, uh, around mile seven. And some people came and threw some dead bodies. And I remember, I, I saw um, Bishop many years ago, talking to the people and asking them who these people were. So, they are, they are madmen and beggars. Nobody was, is coming to claim the bodies. So they threw the bodies in some pit somewhere. In the medical school, we catch the dead bodies of people who were even mad. Most of the dead bodies we used to study anatomy were dead bodies of madmen. Because when a person is mad, the brain is not working well, but everything is perfect. So, so, so sometimes you can see a man looking normal, looking handsome. He has shaved his beard. He has a nice shirt. He's coming from a car, but he's mad. You can see a girl with a nice hair, nice wig, nice shoes, having a bag and moving. When she moves the leg, and the leg is long and nice. She's mad. And Koye. I'm preaching, but I'm ending now. Are you here with me? He said that he may dip the tip of his finger. So Lazarus, uh, Lazarus the beggar, whose body was buried at mile seven, apparently also had a finger in heaven. And if he had a finger, it means the finger is connected to the arm. And the arm is linked to the body by the shoulder joint. And the body must have legs. So he is describing another man. Ladies and gentlemen, the you sitting here is not the real you. There is a body. Saint Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. My tongue? The rich man had a tongue? How many of you have seen, except in cartoons, that a tongue is just moving in the air? But it's rare. Every tongue is connected to the head. And the head, there's no floating head. So, so we see that after these people died, the real Lazarus, the real rich man, lived on. When you die, something else will come out of you. That is the real you. That's what the Bible says. When a believer dies, we shouldn't sorrow as the unbelievers do. Because what is in that hole, what is in that six feet, whatever, it's not the real man. We will die and meet each other in heaven. I want to tell you today, my dear friend, the first principle is that you are a spirit. You are a spirit. And anybody who understands that you are a spirit, 
Like, if you understand that you are a banker with Ecobank, what will you do? In the morning that some of us who are not employed are just walking up and down, you will be moving towards beating traffic. Why? Because you understand that you are a banker. So you may have a friend who is, not, who, who is a, a, a businessman, but because of your work as a banker, the, your work as a student, your work as a surgeon, you must wake up and go and uh, perform that surgery. So when you know who you are, really, it makes you behave in a certain way. When you know that you are a pretty girl, you are a nice girl, nice face, but you are a house help. If you understand that you are a house help, it helps you to behave in a certain way. You don't just get up and say, you are going to town. A boy is calling you because you know that you, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are working for somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, if you know that you are a spirit, You will come to church. You will read your Bible. You will pray. When you find a Christian who must be woken up before he prays, you are, you are, you are, you are waking up somebody who hasn't understood that he's a spirit. Those who know that they are spirit, they wake up themselves. Those who understand that they, they are a spirit and one day there's either a heaven to be gained or a hell to be avoided. They don't live anyhow. Whether somebody will see you or not. <laughs> Whether your father will see you or not. You, you believe that there's a way you must live your life. And ladies and gentlemen, the first principle, if you get born again, your first principle of salvation, if you don't know this, you can't go the next two meters. That you are a spirit. So when they ask you, why, why are you in church on Saturday evening? I am a spirit. Yeah. The same way I went to the gym to do bodybuilding and to pump my body, I am in church also because I need, I need to exercise my spirit. Why are you praying? You tell the person, I'm not a body. I am only living in this body. But I am a spirit. And when I pray, I'm charging up my spirit because it's like a battery. It can die. There are many men whose spirits are dead. If you know you are a spirit, you will spend any amount of money to buy a Bible. You spend any amount of money to buy a Bible. Because you know that the same way you go to school to develop your mind, you must also read your Bible to develop your spirits. But if you don't know this, that's why you have a Bible on your phone that you don't even know where James or Jude is. Yes. Because to you, you were just, you just came into the world to be a hustler. <laughs> you, you are not a hustler. 
like the beggar. He was also a beggar. But I don't know at what age he died. But there was another life after. So apparently as he was begging for money, he was preparing for that life that was far longer than any age you will have on earth. Are you preparing your spirit for heaven? Or you are just living your life, you are fortunate to be born again. The unbelievers are also a spirit. Yeah, it didn't say a believer is a spiritual. Man is a spirit. The unbeliever smoking in their hand is also a spirit. And when they like the rich man and Lazarus, both of them died, but they went to different places. Are you getting yourself ready to meet the Lord in heaven? Are you getting yourself ready? I know you are a student. I know you are a nurse. I know you are a lawyer. I know you are a doctor. But ladies and gentlemen, principle number one is that you are not flesh. So when you see somebody who, like uh, typically a girl who has done rasta, who will sit down. I need five girls to come. Five girls. Five ladies, quickly come. From morning, 6 a.m. to evening, 5 p.m., surround me. And I'll braid my hair. One is pulling here, another is pulling here, another is pulling here. And we are here, we are here, we are here. Six hours, eight hours. Then this is part one. Then they go home with a, with a, with a scarf and come back the following day. For round two. So a girl can sit down like this with people surrounding her, making, braiding her hair. But you will not get this girl to spend even 30 minutes of prayer or attend a floor prayer meeting with Prophet Dagiwad Mills. No, you are disturbing me. But when it comes to series, what are some of the series? Kenya. Reeling. Green leaf. Green leaf. It's a a series. And what else? Devil's black. It's a series. You can sit in the house and watch the whole of season two. At a go. But you cannot wake up at 3.30 a.m. when your pastor is praying on the television because you don't understand that you are a spirit. Next week, next week, I'm going to continue. I'll I'll finish number one and we'll go to number two. Because if you can get this, you see people, they are now coming to church when we are closed. You see, because, 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 but, 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 all of these guys, if they were to go to American embassy for a visa, they would, yes, I hope they find a place to sit. (laughs) They have come to give second offering. Ask anybody, are you aware now that you are a spirit? Ask the lady, how many hours did it take to do your hair? Have you prayed the same number of hours? Some of you, when you, one dress, you must go for fitting, and they will refit, and then they will refit, and underfit, and outerfit. But for you to learn how to be a shepherd, you will never go for someone to fit you spiritually. Stand to your feet.
Lift your two hands and ask the Lord. Tell the Lord right now. Tell him right now, Lord, 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 I want to serve you. I want to serve you. Help me to, to understand my faith. Help me. Say, Lord, I want to understand my, my faith. Understand my faith. Say, thank, thank God for the seven oh, great yes. principles. Thank you, Lord. Everybody, thank God for seven great principles right now. Quickly. Thank him now. Thank him now. Thank you now. Father, we thank you. We bless you. Every eye closed and every head bowed. If you are here, you are not born again. I want to pray for you. It's my work to pray for you to receive Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If you want to receive Jesus Christ, you want to know, some of you, during the pandemic, you did anything that an animal will do. You, you have destroyed your life. But thank God, there's a second chance with God. You want to say, Pastor, pray for me. Pastor, I need Jesus. Pastor, I want to be born again. I don't know who you are, but if you are here and you want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, please lift your two hands. I'm going to pray for you. Lift your two hands now. Yes, I want to see. At the back, I see your hand. At the back, I see your hand. Yes, 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 yes. I see you over there. I see you over there. I see, I see, I see, I see. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. And pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I thank you for today. I thank you for today. I'm very sorry for my sins. I'm very sorry for my sins. I've gone very far from you. I've gone very far from I'm you. I'm very dirty. I'm very dirty. Please have mercy on Please me. Please have mercy on and me. And receive me. And receive me. Say, from today. From today. I'm born again. I'm born again. No fooling. No fooling. From today. From today. I'm born again. I'm born again. I'm serious. I'm serious. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I'm serious. I'm serious. From today. From today. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I'll take good care of my spiritual life. Take good care of my spiritual life. Because I'm a spirit. Because I'm a spirit. I'm not a body. I'm not a 